Hello, I'm Nazia and you're listening to Going Vegan. Welcome back to another episode of Going Vegan from the Enough of the Falafel Collective. I'm Anthony, and as you've heard, we're joined today by Nazia, who's going to talk us through the build-up, the first few weeks of, and the aftermath of her vegan transition. Really fascinating conversation. It took us to places that I've not really explored before in, in learning about people's vegan journeys. So lots to be gained from listening to this conversation. I know you're going to enjoy it. So that's all I'm going to say. Enjoy the show. Nazia, thank you so much for giving us your time today. Really looking forward to learning about all things vegan journey with you. And maybe if you want to take us back to the start or even before the start, like were there some initial seeds of sprinklings of veganism before it it became something that properly registered with you? Like what's the earliest beginnings you can remember? Yeah, um, I'm happy to talk about this actually. So... Uh, let's go right to the very beginning, um, which would be the first ever vegan I met. It was when I was a teenager and it was my first sort of teenage boyfriend. Uh, no, I was his teenage first girlfriend. He wasn't my first boyfriend, but he was vegan. Um, but back then I didn't really understand what vegan was. I don't think I was even vegetarian at that point, but this was a very long time ago. This is over 20 years ago. <laughs> So you can imagine what the world was like then. Um, you didn't really hear about vegans very often. But then not long after dating him, I went vegetarian. And that was primarily because of my sister. Um, she's been vegetarian since the age of 12. Um, so I think it was a combination of being inspired by her, but also part of my teenage rebellion of like not wanting to do what my parents thought were was best for me. And yeah, so I was vegetarian from around the age of 15. So can I interrupt and ask, yeah. you say it was because of your sister, but like yeah. what, what exactly was the, the motivation there? Like you weren't just doing it to, to copy her, presumably? Um, no, like she always, you know, she's always said that she's vegetarian because she loves the animals and like she went vegetarian because she learned where her food was coming from um and I think like the cognitive dissonance started breaking down in me a little bit yeah I mean it's it's hard to say what I was thinking at that point I was like 15 years old and you're going through all sorts at that point but yeah so that's when I went vegetarian and my family they weren't happy about it at all um so just to give some background I'm from a Bengali family and meat and fish is like really heavy in the culture there. Growing up, I always ate home cooked meals. We never yeah. ate at restaurants. So, you know, I was eating healthily, but, and it was home cooked meals, but it was very meat and fish based. So, for my mum, she wasn't happy about that because she was already cooking for a family with like four kids and, you know, my dad. So, she's like, now I have to cook more like a, another dish for you know for you kind of thing and actually I've just remembered the other thing that triggered my desire to become vegetarian was we went to America to visit my aunt and she cooked this amazing vegetable curry with like vegetables that I'd never eaten before and it was like things that you have now it's like just normal food but it's like broccoli and mushrooms and but back then growing up I didn't have a lot of 
variety of vegetables. So my aunt made this amazing vegetable curry and I was like, mum, you don't need to cook me anymore. <laughs> Just cook me this. I'll happily eat this for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, so that was that also helped as well. So yeah, so I was vegetarian from the age of 15. And then in about 2009, I met another then boyfriend at that time. And he was eating meat, but he was like, you know, I eat ethically sourced meat. I'm doing air quotes, um, <laughs> ethically sourced meat and organic meat and all that stuff. And I remember at the time I was saying to him, I think I want to go vegan. And he was like, why? I was like, I just feel like something in me is telling me that that's a logical step. And I didn't know anything about the dairy industry. I didn't know, like, I just felt like if I'm not eating animals, why am I eating other products? from animals and he at the time he was like oh that's a bit extreme isn't it because he said that and I didn't want to like put him off stupid me um (laughs) I thought okay I won't go vegan and then um a few months into us dating or was it a year of us dating he emailed me while I was on holiday and he was like when you come back do you want to try going vegan together (laughs) (laughs) and I was like oh that's a bit extreme (laughs) (laughs) so we both like transitioned together Um, so where did that come from then because like he's he's done a he's done a big u-turn there yeah so he had a friend at the time who's um buddhist and i think he got influenced by his friend Mm. to lead because he was quite i I don't want to use the word hippie but he was you know a bit of a hippie (laughs) I don't know how to say it but he was just that kind of person I think this friend of his who um he was working quite closely with at the time who was Buddhist influenced him and so he was ready to make that transition so we transitioned together and we did it gradually like we cut out one ingredient at a time instead of going full cold turkey so I think the first thing I gave up was probably cheese or was it cheese one week then it was like chocolate then it was eggs so it was just one one thing per week yes just phasing it out and funnily enough my mum by that point she wasn't bothered that I went vegan because she was like well you're already not eating animals so yeah yeah. it didn't really make a difference to her and actually she noticed how giving up dairy benefited my health because I used to, mm. I get eczema every summer, but when I was younger and when I was having dairy, it would be like a really bad eczema. I'd have it all over my face, my neck, my arms. But as soon as I gave up dairy, it reduced drastically. Yeah, um, wow. So I still get the eczema, but it's like the size of a penny, the patch that I'd get. So it's really manageable. Yeah. Whereas before it would be just all over me every summer. Yes. So my mum saw okay, that's a clear indication that I'm better off not having dairy and eggs. Um, Yeah. yeah, So that was, that's the beginning. (laughs) That's, that's great. I'm, I'm getting a real picture here. You're, you're painting it really nice and vividly. So can I ask then at at the point at which that's been proposed to you as a, let's, let's consider doing this. Let's, let's look at this transition. How are you feeling then? Obviously, you've you've gone through with it, but is there yeah. some trepidation? Are there some things that you're worried about? Are there things that you're excited about? Um, I 
don't think I had any trepidations. Um, obviously, at the time, first boyfriend from when I was a teenager who was vegan. At the, that point, he was the only vegan and him and his family, they were the only vegans I knew. So I didn't know any other vegans. And to my friends, it was quite an adjustment, um, especially like eating out and going to each other's houses and cooking meals. But thankfully, they were all like not supportive, but you know, they'd make an effort to cook something yeah. vegan um, or yeah. like they had no issues with us going to a restaurant where like there had to be a vegan option for me. So thankfully it was okay. And then I started slowly learning about the dairy industry and that kind of cemented my gut feeling. And like me and my then boyfriend, we learned a lot more about you know, all the different forms of animal abuse. And, you know, along the way, I still made mistakes. Like uh, I might have visited a zoo without realizing, you know, I think as time goes on, you kind of realize you don't have to realize everything in one go. Mm. You don't have to know the ins and outs of every industry in one go. And it's, you know, you're going to make mistakes along the way. And uh, arguably, learning it all at once could be so overwhelming that yeah. it could it could almost paralyze you. Yeah, um, especially when you realize how much animal cruelty and animal exp- exploitation is ingrained in so many aspects of our lives. You know, from yeah. clothes to entertainment to yeah. you know even toiletries. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. makeup, you know, animal testing and all yeah. that stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. Can I ask Nazia, like that? It, I'm hearing a difference between that transition towards veganism compared mm. to when you decided to become vegetarian. It's sounding like the environment that you're in and the stage of life, perhaps, that you're in when you're deciding to transition towards veganism is a lot more supportive or, or conducive to that being successful it, it it felt like from what you've said that um transitioning to become vegetarian there were maybe more barriers in place yeah I think is that down to your age I think yeah it's two things I think it's down to my age because when I went vegetarian I was a teenager and everyone hoped that it would be a phase um and also because I'm st- I was still a minor you know I was like I was still under my parents' care. Um, Whereas when I went vegan, I was in my early 20s. Um, And I think if it was, like, even if I'd gone vegan at the age of 15, that would have still been a shock. But I think it's like the whole meat (laughs) as a food thing. That's, you know, everyone focuses on that so much. Um, So, you know, I think that was a shock for people. Um, especially in my family Um, but yeah by the time I went vegan I was older Um, people trusted me to make my own decisions Um, and I think having um, the boyfriend at that time having someone to do it with was also quite helpful yes Yes, I, I I was in a similar position and I can't imagine. I mean, I'd like to think that I would I would be able to be vegan all by myself. But um, <laughs> yeah. gosh, I can't. This is certainly a 22 year old me or however old I was doing it by myself. It, no, it just wouldn't have happened. <laughs> it wouldn't yeah. have done. 
wasn't brave enough unfortunately it can it can really help can't it yeah if, if nothing else it gives you another vegan to to talk to um, <laughs> yeah exactly so that that's one thing that's helping is having somebody to to accompany you what, what were the other sort of standout things that that helped you either big big things in terms of people and attitudes and things like that or just tiny little oh this one ingredient or this one go-to place to eat like what were the the main helpers um I think it was the little things like um learning about what vegan products are available and you know 2009 2010 I still like I think veganism in the UK wasn't as big as it is now. Like it seems to have skyrocketed massively in the last yeah. few years. But back then, you know, it was still quite limited. So I think back, you know, learning about what was available made it more interesting. And actually, you know, at that point, I took an interest in cooking more. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps because then, you know, once you know how to make vegan dishes it just becomes so much easier. And even like with my partner um, now, so he's not vegan, but we eat vegan at home. And he was like, before we got to get, we moved in together, he was living the bachelor life of eating lazy meals. But now since he's known me, he's learned such a variety of different dishes and they don't have to be complicated and they don't have to have like fake meats. It can just have a variety of vegetables and spices. You know, it can be as simple as that. And It's like, yeah, so once, you know, having an interest in cooking makes a massive difference because then you want to try and veganize things or like try something new. Yeah. Come on, tell us some things that you've veganized. Um, I'll go the French version because that's more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So and actually like my partner, he's he's really taken an interest in trying to veganize French dishes so more recently, he's made a creamy mushroom pasta dish with vegan lardon, which oh. is like, I'd, I'd, I'd obviously also coming from a Muslim background, I'm not Muslim, but my family are. So I've never had like pig meat before. Yeah. And now there's like vegan bacon and vegan ham and vegan <laughs> lardon. So yeah, he made this like pasta dish with, um, you know, just some soy cream, um, mushrooms, what else was there? There was some like vegan chicken pieces, some vegan lardon. It was so delicious. Um, and we've done things like vegan croque monsieur, which is, a, yeah. it's a toasty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hates me calling it that. But we've done <laughs> vegan like croque monsieur with the, with the lovey ham slices. Um, nice. And every Christmas now we have vegan raclette because you can get vegan raclette cheese. Yeah, so what else have I done? And I've done like veganized chicken curries, but using jackfruit instead. Um, So it's just so easy. You just have to swap out a few ingredients and the flavor's still there. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, absolutely. So that that sounds to me like a really nice positive surprise opportunity that has come along through this this transition in your lifestyle what what other things would you not have foreseen beforehand pleasant surprises or maybe not so pleasant surprises I think good question actually (laughs) (laughs) um let's focus on the positives (laughs) um no some of the pleasant surprises finding eventually finding a vegan community and I have to thank the vegan runners for that (laughs) 
Like as soon as I found out about vegan runners, then my the amount of vegans that I knew was like it just the numbers grew. Um, I would so, echo that. Even yeah. <laughs> until then, I still didn't know many vegans. But I think like now that in- with the internet, it's so easy to meet other vegans. And living in London, especially, you're probably going to walk past an X number of vegans now anyway, because there's so many of us. But for example. Yeah, like me meeting vegan runners and becoming part of that running club. It's quite nice to find a community of people that share the same values as you, which can be quite difficult, especially if like your usual circle of friends and family still haven't, you know, there's people that still haven't transitioned and they still might have certain like closed minded thoughts about your lifestyle so it's really nice being able to just like meet so many other people and just feel a bit more assured that you're doing the right thing yeah (laughs) and and to learn from each other yes yes something I found with vegan runners particularly helpful was that there was a focus for your activity and focus for your conversations in that I'd I'd gone to go to vegan meetups and vegan picnics and things like that in my local community and always bottled it at the last minute because I just thought oh, I'm not going to know what to talk about whereas yeah. it, it, it's you know it doesn't have to be running but if it's it's yes we're all vegan but also here's what we're going to be doing we're going to be playing board games or we're going to be going for a yeah. run or we're handing out leaflets just having like something to guide things because actually just because you're vegan it doesn't mean you're going to be exactly the same as somebody does it though you've got that one thing in common yeah Um, yeah no definitely um and like for example with the running club you know it's not just about the veganism it's about being active as well and wearing the vegan runners vest at a park run actually led me to so many open conversations with other people who were interested in veganism or like I'd be doing some horrible cross-country race for for as an example and some elite runner would just be whooshing past me and he'd be like yeah I went vegan last year it's the best decision I've ever made (laughs) (laughs) and and he'd be gone before I could even say anything (laughs) but like just in races having people coming up to me and saying you know like it's the best thing that they've ever done um so it's like even if you don't know them on a personal level there's always that camaraderie in races when you know like each of you is vegan so that's been really nice and obviously like the people that are interested in becoming vegan and they can approach you at a parkrun because everyone's friendly at a parkrun so like they feel that they can have that conversation without any judgment but I mean there's been a couple of occasions not very often where even at races someone might make a uh, quite a narrow-minded comment like uh, there was one race it was like a 24 hour relay. And while I was doing my lap, someone shouted, oh, you should eat some real food, <laughs> something like that. And I was like, well, I kind of do. I eat fruit and veg. <laughs> <laughs> People think they're so funny with these things, don't they? It's like, it's, and I mean, they're not to, well, they, they could perhaps work it out if they thought about it, but they're not to yeah. know how many times we've heard the same joke but to them it's the most original witty thing and they've just come up with it and they're so proud bless (laughs) yeah bless (laughs) I'm interested Nazia if you don't mind me asking like what have been the negative surprises I think it's 
I think it's important we talk about these things. Um, if you're happy to, that is. Yeah, I need to think of them now. I, I don't. I don't think I store them in my memory. No, I think. Um, <laughs> so obviously, th- those narrow-minded comments in like during races, I think, and this is quite a worry for a lot of vegans, understandably, is when it comes to dealing with healthcare professionals. For example, you know, speaking to a doctor, and some people might be too scared to tell their doctor that they're vegan because a lot of doctors. Um, hopefully it's it's better now, but at least back then a lot of doctors probably weren't knowledgeable enough when it came to nutrition. So yeah, so I think like dealing with some healthcare professionals, when you do tell them that you're vegan, they seem to like think that you're doing harm to yourself <laughs> and you're going to be malnourished. I think I've only had that come up once. When since becoming a parent, there's a lot of judgment still about choosing to raise your child vegan um thankfully like my uh midwife she knows she knows I'm vegan um she's not made any comments at all like she's she she trusts me but you know if you speak to some parents and they're like oh how can you force your child to be vegan and it's like well you're forcing your child to eat meat when when they grow up and they might understand where that meat is coming from they might not be happy with that Mm. and Mm. you know what are you going to do are you going to force them to continue eating meat or are you going to respect how they feel about it so Mm. you know I'd rather raise my child vegan and let her make that choice when she's old enough to understand what her choices the consequences of her choices um so yeah there's you know there's a bit of backlash around that so I'm a bit I do still feel a bit I don't say it straight away like mm. that I'm raising unless someone asks me directly then I'll say yes yeah. she's vegan yeah, um yeah. and I think there's that worry about like when she does eventually go into childcare, especially in France where veganism is still not look you know they're still very close-minded and yeah like I'm, I'm I am anxious about putting her in childcare and trusting whoever's taking care of her will yeah respect that vegan lifestyle or will they try and secretly feed her (laughs) meat and dairy and you know even like some of the like my uh partner's friends like their kids you know kids are so open it's conversation I've had so many kids asking me why are you vegan and I'm going to tell them the truth and some parents aren't happy about that yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's really awkward that actually, isn't it? I've um <laughs> I've given about three different guides, girl guides groups, so um for listeners who are not aware, sort of groups of, I don't know, maybe twenty children. In this case they're they're all girls between the age of, I don't know, eleven and and thirteen, who who invited me to give a talk to them about veganism. And it was it was really difficult because although I'd been invited to give the talk, although all the parents and carers have consented to that yeah. conversation happening. I was still really on edge of like, oh my goodness, I, I mustn't make it seem like I'm trying to indoctrinate them. But then at the same time, I'm thinking, well, surely my job here is to advocate on behalf of animals. So I've, I've yeah. like got to, I've got to tell the truth. But um, yeah, real fine line to to tread, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, especially when you know, in my case, the parents haven't consented. Like this child has just <laughs> come up to me and like, why don't you drink cow's milk? Why don't yeah. you have ice cream? <laughs> well, the, I do have ice cream. It's just not made of cow's milk. <laughs> and the then it's child like the five has consented. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, yeah exactly and like I think you know the parents if they're there they don't feel comfortable with that conversation because then they've got to have that conversation with their child when I'm not there so that's been another maybe it's not a negative thing it's a it's an awkward thing <laughs> yeah um I, yeah. um, I I think in issues of social justice, I think we can give ourselves a pass um, if if we are uh, raising awareness with children and and getting conversations started in households yeah. about social justice issues. I mean, I know a lot of people don't see veganism as a social justice issue; they see it as a nuisance. But um, <laughs> I I was in a restaurant once that had a little sign on each table that said um, uh, people showing symptoms of COVID-19, racism, homophobia uh, are, are not welcome. And right. a, 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 a child said to their to their parent, "What what's homophobia?" And you saw the you saw the parent like really like cringe and like, "Oh <laughs> like God, a- I don't know." But then it's like that's brilliant. You like, come on, we need to be having these conversations. It's, yeah, it's justice. Yeah, it's like a, a another version of the birds and the beasts talk, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's got to happen. But I think um, you know not just limiting to food it's like other aspects of animal exploitation so for example either a family member or a friend's child has just started horse riding lessons and you know I don't agree with horse riding I know there are some vegans that do um that's a whole other conversation but I in my stance I don't agree with horse riding and you know someone will say oh yeah my kids just started horse riding and I'm like I'm I'm sorry I'm not gonna like congratulate them on this I, I say it in a nice way um or I had a family member whose daughter was about to start horse riding and the mum was like oh, I'm sorry but she's gonna start horse riding tomorrow and it's like you don't have to apologize to me um <laughs> I'm not the one that's the victim of animal cruelty <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know um yeah. and you know things like visiting zoos mm. people want to take their kids to zoos and like they don't understand why I'm against zoos and I have to mm. kind of explain it in a without getting too too yeah. like riled up about it yeah yeah absolutely and it's um like we were saying earlier there are uh, different pennies drop at different points sometimes for people don't they and uh, I, I yeah. certainly was like that for for zoos for a, a few years of you know, calling myself vegan and identifying that way and doing my very best. And I, I, I applied for a job at one and then I suddenly yeah. thought, oh no, I probably shouldn't do that. And then it's, <laughs> and th- now this has led me to something you mentioned earlier and we didn't, we didn't dive into. I think you said that you started removing products from your diet and then mm. the kind of um, moral or the, the research or the knowledge of that industry kind of followed is, have yeah. I understood that correctly? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to say a little bit about that? Yeah, so I can't remember how it happened, but I guess because I decided to go vegan and I'd eventually cut everything out um, of my diet. And then I guess because so many years ago, <laughs> um, and I think just through the internet, like me and my then boyfriend, we started finding videos. And like any most people who discover something new, I kind of became a bit militant <laughs> in my veganism like I, I just thought you know was one of those people sharing all the graphic videos of like what happens to chicks in the egg industry what happens to baby cows in the dairy industry and all that stuff um 
so yeah then I started learning so again it was all about the food and then like gradually I started learning about you know the textile industry like wool Mm. Uh, leather all that stuff and I think Instagram when that came out and I started using that more I th- like finding accounts that shared a lot of information so I can't remember any of the names of the accounts now but yeah. just finding different media platforms that shared the information that I needed to know yeah. um, that helped my knowledge a lot as well um, and does does that then sort of influence you in terms of the way that you are feeling about veganism for yourself or or how your yeah, identity sits? So in the early days, I was I'd say I was one of those angry vegans. <laughs> like it, you know, I just thought, how are we living like this? You know, how is this allowed to happen? And mm. why aren't people seeing what I'm seeing? Kind of thing. Mm. And and again, this was before I met um, you know vegan runners and like knew any other vegans so I think I felt quite alone having this knowledge and just felt like any information that I was sharing fell on deaf ears but then as soon as I like met other vegans I think the anger in me kind of subsided a bit because I realized actually there's a whole group of people that feel the same way and then veganism just skyrocketed like people there's there was more information and loads of people were sharing the same things and then all the documentaries started coming out you know like earthlings what the health you know forks over knives all the documentaries started coming out so people I think that helped and I think I've gotten older as well and realized you know sometimes the angry approach might work but I think I've learned what works for me in terms of sharing the message. And my approach now is just by leading by example um, and just letting people come to me to have that conversation rather than trying to impose it on them. But, you know, it, different things work for different people. And thankfully, over time, there there are a handful of people that have gone, that have told me that they've gone vegan because of me. Um mm. Yeah, so, um, and that includes two ex-boyfriends. <laughs> hey, it all counts. Yeah, yeah. So, and and that's quite encouraging. Um, you know, it it makes you feel a bit like heard, and it just, yeah, it's it's quite a nice feeling seeing people around you, and um, even people who didn't go vegan necessarily from conversations that they had with me, but they might have tried veganuary. Um, and there were people that I already knew from like Park Run or other running clubs or anywhere else. And they've decided to try veganuary. And then they come to me and it's like, oh, I've done veganuary and I've stuck with it. And like, it's the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's been quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Like you say, it make, makes you feel heard, doesn't it? And um, And you know that it's just one or, or two more examples of, of people not causing that that suffering to animals in yeah. in, t- in terms of um us thinking then about people who are are deciding to make that switch and and, and that transition in their life at, as as you did personally the first couple of years of being vegan myself <laughs> i know people put these numbers out there and they can't always be trusted but i stuck to it 99 percent of the time but there were occasions where i 
where I didn't, um, mm. generally through social awkwardness, actually, rather than any practicalities or cravings or anything like that. I don't I don't think that ever caught me out, but it was there the kind of like, oh gosh, I don't know how to say no to this person or I've yeah. not pre-warned yeah, this. I've been this... there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is is that something that you found yourself? Um so there was one occasion specifically that I remember um so it was the second boyfriend that went vegan because of me. Um we went to visit his grandmother um and she served I can't remember what it was, but it was obviously dairy and she was like this 90 year old woman. It's just like, I can't say no to a 90-year-old woman who's just yeah. like, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, so that was one very specific occasion. But there, most of the times where I haven't been able to be vegan, which is many years ago, it was usually due to practicality. So I'd be traveling mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, for example, Southeast Asia, and like I'd ask, like for fried rice without eggs and lo and behold they will serve fried rice with eggs and it's like okay this is a developing country I'm not going to waste food um Mm, mm. and I'm not gonna this isn't the place to argue so I was just like sitting there picking out as much egg as I could (laughs) and you know I might have consumed some egg um or whatever so like that's the other thing don't beat yourself up it's not about being perfect it's just about doing what you're capable of doing um at any given moment uh and yeah like there's always going to be socially awkward situations but hopefully in time with more people understanding even non-vegans understanding like hopefully it'll get easier and there'll be fewer social socially awkward situations for people yeah well you're always building on your resources aren't you yeah Um, you know you shouldn't shouldn't be going backwards in 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 that regard yeah um if if you were able to kind of go back to the start and go through it all again is there there anything you'd do differently I think I would research like just understand more um I'd probably also understand the nutritional side of things a bit as well because there was a period where I had become anemic And that's because I just didn't know enough about food. And it's like most kids in the UK, they don't grow up learning about nutrients and different varieties of food, whether you're vegan, vegetarian or meat eating. Like a lot of kids don't grow up understanding what they're eating and what each ingredient does. So I think in hindsight, I wish I knew more about that. Um, And also as vegans, you're always going to get asked about nutrition. Where do you get your protein? Where do you get your calcium? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like... Back then, I wish I knew I could answer that. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, just understanding more about the animal industry rather than going into it blindly and then doing everything backwards and learning about it afterwards. I mm. think um, that would have helped because then, you know, maybe that would have helped me not make the mistakes I did back then. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Certainly. I mean, even now I still make mistakes. Like, um, obviously living in France, like a milk powder. Oh, I just get to everything. <laughs> <laughs> milk powder and whey powder. And obviously like the ingredients are written in French. So like, you know, we, me and my partner, we bought some something the other week and we both started eating it. And it was like, oh, it's got a uh, milk powder in it. I was like, what? <laughs> it's, it was just like... Uh, vegan well it's not vegan vegetarian fish sticks it's like why does this need milk in it oh 
gosh. Yeah. That's so frustrating, isn't it? The weirdest one I've seen is uh, pickled onions. No. Like pickled onions in vinegar. Yeah. It's like, wh- how's, how's milk getting I'll, into that? I will one day? up you in, well, not one up. It, it was probably not as bad, actually. Um, but years ago, for a family member's birthday in France, um, someone got a birthday cake and it, it had beef in it. So even my sister couldn't eat it. Oh, God. Like, what is beef doing in a cake? <laughs> Jeez. It's a chocolate cake. <laughs> what place does beef have in it? Yeah. I mean, that should be putting everyone off, really, shouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> so, I mean, I have to say, vegan life in France is a lot harder than mm. in London. It's it's getting there. It's still got a long way to go. But, um, yeah. like, going shopping is absolutely fine. A lot of the supermarkets stock things. But it's just eating out. There's not a lot of... There's, there aren't many restaurants that do a vegan dish or vegan dishes and vegan exclusive restaurants most of them are in Paris but anywhere outside of Paris they're very few and far between but you know again you don't have to okay like eating out is a bit of a luxury if you think about it like you can be vegan at home quite easily and as I said earlier it doesn't have to be about getting fake meats and that's that's another negative thing that's that I've just thought of actually um I had one particular friend who would just complain saying, yeah, but vegans just eat like all this processed meat and soy milk has all these ingredients and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but you don't have to have those Mm. fake meats. They might be beneficial for someone transitioning who just wants the Mm. flavors or you just like the flavors and you don't want the cruelty, (laughs) you know, like you don't have to eat it if you don't want to. Same with soy milk. You don't have to have soy milk. There's like a variety of plant milks. You can even make Mm. your own if you want without all the additives, you know. And yeah, yeah. yeah, like so some people just have like this view and it's like, you can't say that. You're eating chocolate. That's processed. Like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, quite. It's I'd say most most people that I know who are vegan have have encountered at least one person who who seems really hell bent on repeatedly yeah. bringing up objections and I, I, I mean we, we could go into that all day couldn't we yeah. as to the psychology of that and the motivation of it but it does seem like there's it's either somebody just trying to be a pain in the ass yeah and just trying to just trying to one-up um someone or or actually they're they're trying to justify their own non-veganism. Yeah, um, I think they get um quite scared that they they might be wrong about something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. But um it's just just one of those those skills we develop hopefully isn't it is is di- diplomacy or turning the other cheek or just fighting back and and like you were saying if, if you just arm yourself with with all these brilliant retorts or or, or questions yourself there's a, a book it'll be out by the time we're releasing this but uh, from earthling ed called something like how to argue with a meat eater and win every time. Now, I, I don't particularly uh, <laughs> like the title of that, but I can certainly uh, understand the, the sentiment, actually, yeah. because very, very often you can feel under attack, can't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It sounds like you and I came to veganism around a similar time. Yeah. How, how do you feel be, being a vegan in 2024? How's that different to being vegan in, you know, 2010? Um, I think 
nowadays, especially depending on where you live, if you're in the UK, it's much more socially accepted. A lot more people, whether they agree with it or not, they understand what veganism is. Um, I think more people now know vegans than like they would have um, in 2010. Um, so I think if you're becoming a vegan, it's a lot easier to meet other vegans to help, like to get that support if you need. There's a lot more events. There's a lot more podcasts, documentaries. There's such a wealth of information out there. Um, and even things like so many recipe websites uh, and so many like Instagram chefs, I like to call them. So there's really no excuse now and not just the food aspect like even in terms of like fashion or toiletries and makeup there's a lot more you you see the vegan label a lot more than you do back then so I think transitioning now would be a lot easier and yeah just like what's available in the supermarkets and the restaurants there's there's really no excuse now I um I agree with all of those things I also think it's under the spotlight a lot more. So I think there's probably, whilst people know what veganism is, yeah, uh, which they certainly, do, I mean, the first five years of being vegan for me, like I was having to explain it to ev- everybody that ne- needed to know because they were feeding me or they were interested. But with it being under the spotlight, I think in a sense, there are almost more objections now. Um, I, I, I don't think I had to field as many. Yeah. I don't know. But I think there's maybe a bit more of a culture now of let's be anti-vegan. Let's, um, you know, vegan destroyed by blah, 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 blah. I have on to YouTube or whatever. agree with you there. There, there is, there does seem to have been a polarization. You know, I think on the one hand, veganism's in the spotlight, especially, you know, not just the animal welfare aspect, but also the climate change aspect, um, mm. which is a massive, massive topic. But on the other end of the spectrum you've got these meat eaters and like I I used to have a friend who's who who's one of those people who's like oh I just eat raw meat and like and he he would post all this anti-vegan stuff and just saying how you know vegan athletes take supplements or performance enhancers and vegan food is worse for the environment and you know grass-fed beef is more sustainable blah 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 and so I feel like there is, especially on, you know, social media, there's these people that are promoting a carnivore diet and like, it's just, it's ridiculous. I just find it so laughable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you, you've got to worry for them really. I I, I think, I, yeah, I, I, I do feel sorry for them really. <laughs> yeah. And if you think about it, like there's been so many documentaries and so much research about plant-based diets and veganism and how they're good for the you know not just for the animals but for people's health and for the environment let me know when the carnivore documentary comes Mm, out yeah (laughs) you know absolutely like it's not being endorsed no (laughs) by hopefully not anyway I don't want (laughs) to have to chew my words later but you know there's not there's there's not enough evidence to support these ridiculous claims um and at the end of the day I think people forget that the real point of veganism is the animal's welfare. So the carnivores, they're not coming at an animal welfare point. Well, they might claim they are because they think, you know, grass-fed, humanely killed, whatever. But 
you know, they think they're, they're arguing that it's unhealthy and it's not, you know, environmentally friendly. But even if you take those arguments out, at the end of the day, most vegans do just care about the animal's mm. welfare and their right to live. Yeah. And and you can't argue against that. No. And that and that's the thing to remember, I think, if if we are under more of a spotlight now living a, a vegan, compassionate lifestyle than than perhaps was the case ten years ago and we have to deal with more objections and, and critiques and things like that, actually I'd far I'd far rather be put in that position and fewer people consuming animals and, and causing that pain and suffering than yeah. us living a nice quiet life and not being bothered b- b- by these objections but more people are yeah. contributing to that it's a, it's a no-brainer isn't it yeah yeah definitely. i have a question that is going to perhaps be like you know when you get the the stupid vegan questions that are actually just because yeah. people don't don't know many vegans so they kind of want to ask all their stupid questions while they're with you um yeah i don't know that i have spoken to someone who's vegan with parents who are muslim and i'm interested in have they expressed an opinion on the fake bacon and things like that i was i was just thinking actually that's really interesting because some some vegans don't like fake meat because it's kind of like it's still promoting the idea of it or wearing secondhand leather or or fake leather i I didn't know whether that's something they've expressed an opinion on um so when i was living with my parents i don't think i even had a lot of fake meats back then Mm. so it's only when i moved out that i started having it but i actually don't know i mean my partner's muslim um (laughs) which is weird because i'm not but um but he's happy to have it because and i I think that's actually a great angle for muslims like you can't eat pork or ham or whatever but here's a substitute you're not missing out on the on the you know that it tastes amazing I'm, I'm gonna admit it and even my partner who's who's french oh my god i can't tell you how many packs of lovey products we've got in the last week it's it's becoming really expensive <laughs> Um, and that, that's another argument. People think being vegan is expensive, and it's yeah, it is only if you buy the processed foods. But um, but yeah, going back to my family, um, so yeah, I don't think they've been given an opportunity <laughs> to comment on the fake meats. Yeah. And like my mum, so she's she passed away a few years ago actually. But before that, um, her GP, which I was, you know, he was a terrible GP. But the one, the only good thing he said to her was stop having dairy. So she started having soy milk. And I thought, okay, like, I think she she understood that that was better for her than dairy. So that was quite nice. But um, there was one occasion where I was at a, a family friend's house for dinner. And they, you know, they were all Muslim. Um, and one of the guys, he was just like really against the fact that I wasn't eating animals. And he said, like, oh, God put animals on on earth t- for us to eat, and I said, "Well, if you want to go down that route, route, God also gave us free will yeah, yeah. <laughs> to exercise. <laughs> you yeah. know, you don't have to eat it just because it's there." Mm. <laughs> and I remember I shared something. So there's a vegan doctor. He, I think he's called Doctor Plant Based. I can't remember, but he's Muslim, yeah. um, and he shared something about Eid, yeah. and he was saying how yes meat is part of the Muslim culture but if you really drill down what the Quran is saying it's saying to protect the earth and protect the living creatures around you and there's like various stories that I grew up um, hearing about how Muhammad 
Prophet Muhammad would um, respect animals mm. in certain ways. So, uh, so yeah, this doctor, he was saying how actually, you know, being vegan during Eid mm. is probably more Islamic yeah. than eating meat, especially in this climate where there's so much factory farming and you're destroying the planet that you're living on kind of thing. And I remember sharing that and some relative messaged me straight away and saying, he's not a proper Muslim. What he's saying is sinful. And it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. do you not care about the earth that you live on? Um, yeah. So it's with a, from the Islamic kind side of things, it's, you know, it's not Islam. It's just people's interpretation interpretation of it and you know like with any religion when you have cultures intertwined with religious yeah. beliefs it can become really difficult to untangle yeah. when my partner and I we had a our um so we're not legally married but we had an islamic ceremony yeah. and i said this is going to be a vegan ceremony mm. which is not heard of in the bengali mm. weddings there's always at least three different meat curries and I told, I spoke to the restaurant and I said, everything has to be vegan. Yeah. And they were like, we've never done a vegan wedding before. It's like, that's fine. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> like here, here are the vegetable curries. Just make sure there's no ghee in it. That's all, yeah, you yeah. know, that's all it is. And, um, and my mum was joking. She was like, oh, she's going to have a fruit salad party <laughs> for her wedding. <laughs> and like loads of relatives. They're like, what are we going to eat? There's not going to be any meat. What are we going to eat? Yeah. And actually on the wedding day, everyone was helping themselves to multiple servings of the curries that were available. Um, like my brother, he was going around saying, yeah, everyone's enjoying the food. Yeah. Um, and the restaurant manager, he was like, we didn't think this would go down well, but it, like, and they'd never considered offering vegetarian or vegan mm. catering mm. because they'd never been asked. Yes. And they, now they were like, well, now that we know it's possible, yeah maybe that's something we can offer and probably cheaper for them from an ingredients cost point of view and exactly safer from yeah, a food especially now point of view and all, all these things yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. cultural change it takes takes a while doesn't it but we're we're, we're yeah. getting there hopefully um yeah Nazia, i'm very aware that your young girl has got to sleep and your evening time is precious so we should probably we should probably round things off there even though we could probably yeah. keep going for another hour but thank you thank you very much indeed no worries that was my pleasure it was really nice to have that conversation with you wow that was fabulous really really enjoyed that conversation i hope you enjoyed listening to it thank you again to nazia for her time there now Whenever you're listening to this episode, check your podcast feed because there'll already be at least one other Going Vegan episode out. But probably, unless you're listening on the day this came out, check your feed because there's going to be several. We're recording around a dozen of these over the course of January 24. So be sure to look at the other episodes. Loads more people's journeys and stories to feast your ears upon. If you like what we're doing as well, we do a weekly show that comes out on a Monday called Vegan Week, where we look at the week's vegan news, discussion, animal rights, conversations, things like that. And then every Thursday, we have a vegan talk show where we talk a bit more long form about one issue in particular, different one each week. Anyway, that's enough of the falafel for today. Thanks for listening to Nazia and myself and this episode of Going Vegan. Vegan.